At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Today we're starting a new series. When you preach the Word of God on a regular basis, as I do, as I have for 34 years on a weekly basis, at least twice, sometimes three and four times a week, just depending on the season or what time it's in. But when you preach, you, you learn to develop messages. And that's important. That's part of it. But what you can't do is preach a word just because you know it. Because you don't need to hear what I know. You need to hear what God wants you to know. And the Bible says, the way that faith comes is by hearing, and the way you hear is to hear from somebody that is part of the fivefold ministry that preaches the Word. And for some reason, this series, I mean, I can, I, I can teach on 10 different subjects on a dime, just because I've develop that in my spirit. I, I know the Word, but it really doesn't matter how much I know if what I give you is not what He wants you to get. But man, I got this deep in my heart. Start, I preached this years ago, back in the early, or, or about maybe 2000 and something, 10 or so, maybe, 9 or 10 or 11. I preached it a couple of times, but I haven't preached it in a while. And today I'm going to preach it in a different way than I have before. But the title of this series for the next couple of months when I am preaching on Sundays is Frame Your World. Frame Your World. <clears throat> and uh, I want to start this today with a frame. This is a frame with what in it? What's in it? It's a picture, or three pictures, actually, three, three paintings, actually. There's three separate paintings of a golf course, right? Yeah. Can anybody, can anybody tell me what these three paintings represent. Anybody in here? Can anybody tell me? Does anybody know what they are? Huh? My dad's life. <laughs> My dad's life, yeah. Yeah. Anybody know what these are actual three golf holes? Where? Augusta. Who else? Somebody out there? Oh, yeah. You know what they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it, it's Augusta National Golf Course, yes. But, so, most of you don't know what this is, so <clears throat> really this is just a frame. Just a frame. Most people look at it and they think, oh yeah, that's kind of pretty, but then, then if you don't know what's in, inside the frame, then you might just be looking at the frame. Well, that's a nice dark cherry wood frame. It's really heavy. Um, 
So it's just a frame. It's got something in it, but there's no details. So, all my life from when I, that I can remember, I played golf because my dad was a golf professional and I played golf. And all my growing up, every year, I would watch the Masters on television. And it's one of the four major championships in professional golf. Professional tennis has major championships. Um, professional football has a championship game. But these four majors are the four tournaments that anybody that's anybody that's any good wants to play in these because they want to win them. And the money's good, but they want the titles more than they want the money with most people. Uh, you'd think not because of how much money they make today, but they really want the titles. So all my growing up, I would play golf, and my dad had a golf course, and on his course in the evening, I'd play four or five holes with one of my best friends, and we'd always play each other, and it was like it was on Sunday afternoon at the Masters, and we were tied with five holes to go, and we would play each other and see who won, and I won the Masters a bunch. <laughs> but it was my lifelong dream. I thought that I was going to play in the Masters and win the Masters. That's what I thought, and uh, and early on, um, I was drawn to these three holes, and what these three holes are called at Augusta is A-Man Corner. This is A-Man Corner, and um, in 1958, a journalist from Sports Illustrated <clears throat> heard this song, and it was, there, there's several stories about how this got started, but this is, this is I'm going to just give you this to give you some information to prove my point. And this journalist loved this song by, I wrote her name down because I couldn't remember it, Mildred Bailey. I don't know. She was a jazz singer. And the title of her song was Shouting in the A-Man Corner. That was the title of the song. It was a song, actually, this was 58, but it had been a song that had been like number one 20 years earlier called Shouting in the A-Man Corner. And this guy talked about all the shouting that happened um, here. If you notice, on all three holes, there's water. And the name of that creek is Ray's Creek, and it goes through each of those three holes. And he made the point that on those three holes, where people had to stand, they had to shout to be heard when somebody did something good, somebody hit a good shot or whatever, and they would shout. And the rest, of, the other part of the story is that he said that in his day, in church, there was an amen corner where all the men sat that said amen or that shouted amen. I thought, crud, if that was today, there'd only be like two men in that corner over there, you know? I mean, 
<laughs> the way a lot, a lot of men have been in the church world, you know. It's all the women shouting. But Amen Corner is for the men that shouted Amen. And uh, he could hear people, this is 1958, but he could hear people shouting Amen. Time and time again, he would hear somebody shouting Amen. Somebody hit a good shout, Amen. 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 And so he dubbed it Amen Corner. And there's two other guys that say they named it Amen Corner. So this is, I'm telling the story. I can't even remember the guy's name now, but he was a journalist for um, Sports Illustrated. And my, my father always told me that that was the true story. So I gave you what I think is the truth. But my point is that when I had the frame up there and you knew nothing about it, those three pictures meant nothing to you. But the longer I talked about it and you're looking at the pictures, there was more definition to what was actually in the frame. And you are framing your world and your life all the time. You are framing your world every day with words. And in this series, we're going to build a foundation on how important it is to understand that what comes out of your mouth determines your future no matter what. Good or bad, your future is determined by your mouth. And your mouth frames your world. Other people can say things against you and people can hurt, you know. <clears throat> Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Biggest lie from hell. Words hurt. People think they can just say whatever they want to. But at the end of the day, other people's words cannot determine the outcome of your life. Only you can. And it starts with your words. And if we don't believe that, we have to develop a belief system of that. Because what gets results in the kingdom of God is believing. I'll say it again. What gets results in the kingdom is really believing. Not just knowing, but truly believing the Word of God. And if we don't believe the Word of God, we don't believe and stand firm and in faith concerning the Word of God, if we don't really believe that it will do what it says it will do, it won't produce the results. No matter how much we hope it will, it will not. And so today, in this message, I'm going to spend some time... <clears throat> building a foundation of what I'm going to say in the weeks to, hit, uh, the weeks to come ahead. <clears throat> it's one thing to read something or even look at something, but the moment I started speaking about those pictures in that frame, I actually began to frame what was inside of it. Otherwise, they're just pictures. Your life is a frame. And the Bible says 
that you have to frame your world with what the Word says. And that's what I'm going to give you through Scripture and prove to you that without it, we can't do a thing. We really can't. We really can't accomplish what we were put here for without this revelation. And it takes more time and effort than anybody has a clue because you have to believe it. You have to believe that the Word is true. You have to believe what it says. Hebrews 11.1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed. By faith we understand. By faith we understand. By faith we understand. Not by understanding do we understand. By faith we understand. That the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to read that whole passage one more time. Now, faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. One of the best pieces of instruction that I've ever been given, one of them, there have been many, but one of them is somebody telling me, you need to take those three verses and you need to find you about 20 different translations of the Bible and you need to meditate on that right there. Because what that says, you need to believe. Yeah, Pastor, I, 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 know, I know what it says, you know. But you got to believe it. You have to believe it. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. There was nothing. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said. Everything was in place and ready to go. And God said. You know what wasn't ready? There was no land. There was no light. There was no water that you could see. You couldn't see anything whatsoever. So everything was, everything was void and formless. There was nothing. And God said. And God said. And God said. And we just read that in Hebrews 11.3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which were visible. There was nothing visible. 
There was nothing visible. There was nothing. There was nothing. When you come into the kingdom of God, you know nothing. You, you could have sat in church all I've known people sat in church all their life, were not born again, and then they get born again. And for the most part, they knew nothing. They knew nothing. Because they weren't born again, they, didn't, they couldn't see things spiritually. They had a head full of knowledge of things that they had heard. That didn't hurt them, but they didn't know anything. When you come into the kingdom of God, you know nothing. Everything is void. Everything is natural information and knowledge and understanding of things. But you come into the kingdom of God, you become born again. You, 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 you're born a second time. You're born spiritually. Your spirit man that's laid dormant becomes one with the Holy Spirit, and that becomes alive. It's alive. You become alive. The real you becomes alive. The real you. And so in this passage, it says, and God said, there's nothing, and God said this, let there be light. And there was light. There was nothing. And God said. Light be. And light was. And God saw the light. After he said it. Then he saw it. He didn't see the light. And say oh light. You have to break that down. In your own personal life. And realize how everything in God, if you're going to learn and know and understand God, it has to be done by faith in Him. In other words, there are no more lands to create. There are no more animals to create. There's no more vegetation to create. Things reproduce and they happen, but God already created everything. Your and my job now is to believe in the creation and how everything was created and then begin to see the same process work in our lives. He's the creator. We've been now empowered to enforce his creation in our life. But for that to happen, it has to happen just like it happened for him. We were created in his image like him. You are not created a flesh and blood body. You were created spirit first. This thing just houses who you really are. When this thing goes to the grave, you're still alive. You're still alive. And on earth, we got this thing to deal with, and man, it's like it's in the way. Huh? It wants to do all kinds of stupid things. Paul said, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing, right? The things I, <clears throat> the, he said, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing, and the things I want to do, I don't do. Because this thing is lazy, it wants to be on its own, I've got to work hard at discipline and walk in certain ways out and doing things right and all this, you've got to line this thing up, but... You don't have to line this flesh up on your own. 
You have the Spirit of God to help you and the Word of God to help you line this up. We're not here helpless trying to figure this thing out on our own unless we don't give Him the place that He was intended to have. And to do that, we have to think like Him, and so we have to operate like Him. So how did He operate right in the beginning? He said, let there be light, and there was light. And He saw the light, and He saw that it was good. Everything He created after He created it, He said it was good. And then you know what? You know what He said? Go back and look at it. When He created you, He said it was very good. Ha, 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 ha. Huh? Don't ever let words come out of your mouth that you ain't no good. No, no, no. Not only are you good, you're very good. See, you're, you're repeating, and you have to learn how to enforce what he says is so. Anybody ever grown up, as you were growing up, negative things were spoken over you? You had negative ideas about yourself? You thought you were a loser, you're not this, you're never going to make it, you can't. Uh, even as you were growing up, maybe at different times or seasons in your life, you had things spoken over you, things said, or people that you like looked up to and they let you down, all this kind of stuff. And see, we got to deal with it in this flesh and in our soul. We have to constantly deal with it. It'd be so good if we were out of this flesh. But what really pleases God is for us to overcome the flesh and think like He thinks. Can we do that? Well, we're going to read a number of verses of Scripture even to close this message out today to confirm that. But what we're going to look at and how we're going to frame this, because see what I'm doing today by the Word of God is I'm framing God's plan for your life. Each one of our lives have to be framed by the Word of God. If you don't frame your world by the Word of God, then you're going to act and think and operate like you've always operated, and that's according to the ways of the world, the worldly thinking. So you can be a Christian and still have worldly thinking. has to change. Only way is to frame the world you're living today with the Word of God. Because you have to come to the place where you believe the Word of God. It's not just if I say enough confessions and things will all change. No, it's confessing the Word to change the way you think so that you can believe the Word. Huge difference in confessing the Word and really believing the Word. But the only way to get to a place of believing the Word is you must be speaking the Word every day. Because you know what? You say, well, you know, i got to speak the Word. Well, you're speaking something anyway, and most of what you're speaking is negative. Most of what most people speak every day are negative words, and they speak negatively about other people most of the time. That's most people. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm changing that. Been changing it for a long time. But you know what? The more you get rid of ideas like what I'm talking about and attitudes that I'm talking about right now, the more you get rid of those things, the more you realize how much you have. <laughs> the more you realize how much you need to get rid of. Hmm? Most people think they're, they're pretty good. Most people think they're pretty good and what they do is pretty good. They're, you know, I, I'm good. I, I'm not murdering anybody, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. 
Well, if that's the standard you want, go ahead. I want my standard to be the Word of God, right? And what He says about me and what I can do, I want to do everything He says I can do. But to do that, I have to think like Him. I have to learn how to speak something into existence that He says is so. And if you don't learn how to do that, you don't develop that mindset, it'll never work for you. You can hear me preach this one time. If you do nothing with this word, if you don't look at the scriptures that I'm mentioning to you today, and you don't allow those scriptures to be ministered to you by the Holy Spirit, you won't get it. We can counsel. You can come. We we can counsel for weeks and weeks and months. If you don't do anything with what you're told, from the Word of God, it won't work for you. won't work. But I'm telling you, the Word of God will deliver you. Woo! It'll deliver you. It'll set you free. Can you say amen? amen. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life. Destruction and blessing is, a better way, is, is another way or a defining way of using those two words. Death and life... Destruction or blessing are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it, death or life, will eat the fruit of it. Death and life is not in the power of God. It's not in the power of the devil. Death and life, whether you live or die, not just ceasing to exist, but but living a life of destruction versus living a life of blessing determines what you say on a day-to-day basis. That's what that says. So, as I said earlier, what determines the outcome of your future is what's coming out of your mouth. And that's absolutely true. Because daily, you and I are framing our world with the Word. And as we're framing it, it's being defined. In a greater way, it's being defined. Hole number 11 at the Master's is a par four, very long par four. Number 12 at the Masters, the middle hole, is a very, very short par three that gets people all the time. And number 13 is a very short par five. Par four, par three, par five. I just gave you more information about Amen Corner. So when the Masters comes around next year, you turn it on. Hey, wait, wait, Pastor said something about that. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember what he said. Yeah, I gave you definition, right? So when you're framing your world with the Word of God and, and you're framing it with something like, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, and, and all of your life you've been riddled with fear because of something in your upbringing, what you're doing is you're reframing your world with what God says versus what's happened in the past. And it doesn't just leave, the fear doesn't just leave because you say, a few, you say that a few times. That has to become a part of your life and so that you begin to believe that versus the way things were in the past. And when the way the things happened in the past try to crop up and try to get the best of you, you're able to rebuke those things and let them know they have no right to operate in your life. But whether you live in blessing or cursing determines what comes out of your mouth for you. I can do some for you. I can pray for you. Everybody in this body, I pray for you every single day. I can do some for you. 
But at the end of the day, the results come from how you connect with God through his word and how you take what you hear preached and frame your world with that word. That's what matters. And I mentioned fear. Um, Fear is constantly, the, the way fear works is it constantly attempts to keep people from believing. It's constantly after you not believing. Because, as I said a a moment ago, real results come from believing, so fear fear works like it could be the fear of man, the fear of failure, the fear of dying, the fear of just so many different types of fear. And if we were able to, right here, right this moment, we're looking, when you're looking, you're looking at me, I'm looking at you, we're looking in the natural realm. But if like for the next five minutes we went from the natural realm and we were seeing into the spirit realm, what do you think you'd see? There's another realm out there. And it's real. The Bible talks about it through and through. It's a real realm. It's the spiritual realm. And out there, there's good guys and there's bad guys. Hmm? There's good angels and there's bad angels, fallen angels. There's a devil out there himself who's a fallen angel. And he works overtime to convince people that what they see and how they feel is more real. It's more real than what God says is true. And especially what God says he can do. It's more real. He works overtime. So the Bible talks about that the depths of darkness in in us In Matthew chapter 6, he said, the depth of the darkness that is in us, we don't know how deep that darkness is. Well, entrance of God's Word brings light, and so light of His Word coming out of my mouth every single day is exposing the darkness. You say, well, Pastor, how how much darkness is in me? It doesn't really matter. (laughs) It doesn't really matter. Everybody's got darkness in their soul. I'm talking about in their soul, not their spirit, but in their soul. Everybody's got darkness and fears and things from the past that try to riddle their life. Everybody's got it. The question that the Scripture had is, how deep is that? Well, I'm telling you right now, you don't know because it comes off in layers. It comes out in layers. And it comes out as the Word of God is revealed and light exposes it. There's no windows in this room. All the lights went out right now. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Turn the light on, bam. One switch, or, or whatever they are, but they are back there. However many of them. Boom. Bam. The light goes. Turn them off again. Darkness rules. Boom. Light. How deep is the darkness? I don't know. But I've been realizing this based on that verse of Scripture and many others for the last however many years of my life. I've been exposing that darkness constantly, but I, every time I expose something, I realize there's more there but I have the confidence that no matter what's there, it's coming out. In other words, my mind is being renewed. I'm thinking more like God every day, and the more I think like God, the more I believe the Word of God, and that's where results come from. That's why people, when they hear stuff like this, they quit real quick because you don't quit, get quick results because it's not just what you know that matters, it's what you believe. Yeah. That's 
It's what you believe. That's what produces the results. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.